Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It's me, Ziaul Raushan, with you on your money. I hope you're having a wonderful morning. It's about to get better because Danco and I have got an interview lined up. Dan, how are you feeling this morning? Chilly weather it is. How yeah, about yours? Certainly. Christmas 10 days away, I quite appreciate the winter weather. I see you've got your hoodie out as well. Sweater so weather, for those right? of you listening in, Dan has got his sweater on in this weather. Now, let's move it on to the interview you have lined up. On today's Money and Me, we take a closer look into the eye health market. Now today, the internet and smartphones have become an integral part of our everyday life, both at home and at work. When you think about connecting with people, shopping, working, the first thing we look at is our phones and computers. I mean, think about it. WhatsApp, Telegram, Instagram, Facebook, social media sites. It's the first thing we look at in the morning and likely before we go to sleep as well. Mm. So while technology and digitization has undoubtedly redefined the lines of convenience, productivity and efficiency, it has also given a rise to a new problem, eye health issues. That's right. In fact, according to a recent study by the University of New South Wales, it is predicted that myopia alone will impact nearly half the global population by 2050. And this is certainly applicable for people residing in rich industrial countries, especially here in Asia. That being said, while it's important for us to continue to focus on our fight against COVID-19, there is also an urgent need to address the myopia epidemic that is lurking in the background. So to help us understand what her company is doing to address these growing concern in the eye health industry and the growth opportunity it presents for investors looking to tap into this space, we're pleased to invite on the show with us today Lisa Feng, the CFO of Chowka Ophthalmology. Good morning, Lisa. How are you doing this morning? Good morning to you both. Thank you for having me on the program. Good morning, Lisa. We're very excited to speak to you about something very important, eye health, right? So could you help us set the scene? Talk to us about the overall eye health market and what are some trends you're seeing in this sector? Yep, no, very happy to. First of all, you're absolutely right. There is just a huge number of patients out there for different eye diseases, whether it's the myopia situation you talked about, but also, for example, another very common eye disease is called dry eye. And in China alone, you have over 200 million dry patients. At the same time, the diagnosis rate for a lot of these eye diseases remain low in our part of the world. And again, I'm more familiar with the Chinese numbers. I'll give you some example. In the U.S., the leading back of the eye disease diagnosis rate is somewhere between a third to 50 percent. But in China, the same diagnosis rate number is at two to three percent. What that means from a business perspective is today the eye health market is small. So again, in China, in 2015, the eye health market is just about 2 billion USD, but that is projected to grow tenfold to 20 billion USD by 2030. So again, a lot of patients waiting to be served and huge opportunities ahead. Wow, that's certainly very big numbers we're looking at, Lisa. Now, as meetings went virtual and working from home became the norm, people began spending more time in front of their digital devices, especially with the rise of digitization. So to what extent do you think does COVID-19 pandemic has a role to play in the acceleration of eye health issues across the world? Yeah, I think we're all guilty of spending too much time on the devices. <laughs> Myself, my son, my mother, right? <laughs> and, and certainly the screen time, I think, doesn't help. It, the reality is it accelerates conditions like myopia amongst kids and adolescents mm. and accelerates conditions like dry eye for adults. 
The other aspect that may be impacting less of us is in the back of the eye, for example. The current treatment does require patients to go back to the hospital to receive injection on a monthly basis. Mm. So, of course, with hospital closures and all that, that disrupts the treatment compliance as well, potentially. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you for that, Lisa. I certainly am guilty of spending way too much time on my phone, <laughs> as my wife will attest to. Now let's move it on to Chalka Ophthalmology. Founded in 2017, it's a leading ophthalmic pharmaceutical company dedicated to the research and development, manufacturing and commercial commercialization of therapies that address significant unmet medical needs in the world. Now before we get into the details, some of us might be unfamiliar with the term ophthalmology. So could you help us understand what it is all about and what exactly you do. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So ophthalmology, I guess it's just a fancy term that refers to the branch of medicine that is concerned with the diagnosis and treatment of disorders of the eye. And it's interesting that as much as the eyes are small organs, but there are actually many different disease types in the eye. So we generally refer to, we group the diseases and refer to them as diseases in the front of the eye versus in the back of the eye. And in terms of treatment solutions, you know, you can generally look at either pharmaceuticals or drugs. Uh, and or devices. Mm. At Jalka, we're very much focused on developing pharmaceuticals, so drugs, eye drops in most cases, although we do uh, work selectively with partners to deliver devices as a total solution to patients and physicians. Uh, Okay, now Lisa, you gave us a great overview of the things that you try and do, but what exactly are these unmet medical needs that you're referring to and why do you think this sector of the medical field is not receiving much attention? Yeah, those are great questions. Well, I guess the unmet medical needs is a result of a combination of underdiagnosis, which uh, I gave some of the examples before, and the generally kind of, you know, behind the curve standard of care in terms of treatment solution here in Asia, in China certainly, versus in Europe and Europe. So I'll give you an example for dry, which impacts a lot of us. Um, in the US, the standard of care has been cyclosporin A, CSA, for a very long time. But in China, until very recently, the only solution is artificial tears. And this is actually the reason why one of our early focus in terms of an innovative drug is a improved formulation CSA, which we hope will be introduced into the Chinese market uh, by the end of next year. And as to the reason why, I guess a big part of it may just be the general perception that in the ophthalmology field, there is less revenue to be made. It's partly justified because if you look at a lot of the generic eye drops, the annual sales is in the zip code of several million RMB or tens of millions of RMB. But it's not entirely true. So, for example, in the back of the eye, you have very large drugs. ILEA, in fact, which is a leading treatment for the back of the eye, is the number eight best-selling drug in the whole world in 2021 with the global annual sales of north of $9 billion. So that's partly a misconception. Well, that's certainly very fascinating. Thank you so much for that, Lisa. Now, Jalco Ophthalmology has a comprehensive drug portfolio of innovative and generic treatments that covers six major eye diseases across both the front and the back of the eye. So just very briefly, can you walk us through the six major eye diseases that you cover and the key generic drugs that's in your pipeline? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So the uh, again, going back to what I said before, we refer to the eye diseases generally as in the front versus the back of the eye. So mm. in the front of the eye, you have draw eye, DED. You have myopia, and the treatment solution now is, is focused on myopia for children and adolescents. And then for older people like myself, it's presbyopia. Then you have glaucoma. 
And then in the back of the eye, the most common uh, back of the eye diseases are wet AMD, which is wet age-related macular degeneration, and DME, which is diabetic macular edema. So these are the six major areas, disease areas that we focus on. And then in terms of generics products, the biggest concentration of generics products that we have is to target glaucoma. And in fact, our very first glaucoma product, I hope, will be receiving approval and coming to the market fairly soon in China. Oh, we look forward to that. Now, if you're just joining us, Money FM 89.3, it's your money and we are in conversation with CFO of Chowker Ophthalmology, Lisa Feng. Now, Lisa, from a market demand perspective, how do these drugs complement Chowker's position as one as a one-stop comprehensive solution provider? Sure. Uh, well, we do believe that the ophthalmologists worldwide, certainly in China, are underserved, which is why we would like to become their one trusted one-stop solutions provider. Having said that, uh, as we mentioned, that we are focused on the six areas. And in particular, right now, we are positioned as the first Chinese ophthalmology company to have late-stage innovative assets targeting all three major front-of-the-eye disease areas. And again, they are dry, myopia, and presbyopia. We have one of the drugs in NDA review process already with the Chinese regulators. We have one in phase three in China, and we have another one where our partner in the U.S. is conducting clinical phase three. In the back of the eye, we also have one that we're doing actively recruiting patients in clinical phase three in China, and we're building more. All right, that's certainly very fascinating stuff right there. Thank you so much for that, Lisa. Now, walk us through Chalka's omni-channel strategy and the role that it plays in facilitating discussions and demand that's within the ophthalmologist community. Sure, happy to. So as you both know, the you know, traditional approach from a pharmaceutical company building relationship with the, uh, the doctors is to visit them in a physical hospital. However, in China, A, because of you know, the two invoice system that was introduced, it's frankly getting harder for the sales reps to go into the physical hospitals. But on top of that, the reality is the physician's behaviors have been changing. So we're generally approaching the relationship building with physicians in an omnichannel way. But specifically, one of the white space we spotted in a couple of years past was that the in China, there is a desire among the ophthalmologists for high quality and brand neutral content. So there is a need for a platform that shares that cutting edge, uh, whether it's research or surgical practice among the Chinese ophthalmologists and allow them to talk to each other. So we started this WeChat platform called Boshi about a year and a quarter ago. We started from a fan base of zero, and today we have over 10,000 ophthalmologists wow. in China using this platform, and it's very well liked by the KOL, so we're very pleased. Certainly positive news, that one. Now, Lisa, I'd like to shift the conversation slightly to NVK002. Now, that's, of course, mm-hmm. Chowker's innovative drug. Talk to us about myopia in a digital age and the relevance of one of Chowker's innovative drugs, NVK002, in treating this growing concern. Sure. As you highlighted yourself at the beginning of the program, unfortunately, myopia is a serious con- condition that affects a lot of people mm. around the world. In China, it's again, north of 50% of adolescents have this problem. And the use of digital device certainly is making it worse. Now, it has been known for quite some time now that low-dose atropine is uh, effective in helping slowing down the progression of myopia. However, so far there are no drugs approved because at a low concentration level, it's very unstable. So in this context, MDK002, our own drug, is on track to become the first 
FDA approved low dose atropine in the world. Wow. In fact, our partner in the US, Viluma, they announced the top line results of their phase three global study at the end of October and uh, confirmed their intention to submit the NDA with the FDA in the first quarter of 2023. Now, very quickly on the China side, what we're doing is we're conducting two parallel phase three trials and we have completed patient recruitment well ahead of the schedule despite COVID. Um, In that context, we're working very hard to uh, aim to become a leader in the low-dose atropine space in China. I will, I will be fair and let you know that there are other treatment solutions available mm. for uh, myopia patients in China. For example, there's Ortho-K. But I do expect personally wide adoption of low-dose atropine because of the ease of use. And by the way, you can use these uh, mechanisms in combination as well. Mm, 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 mm. Now, thank you for that balanced response to that question as well. Now, the drug could be available in the PRC market as early as 2024, potentially making Chowka Ophthalmology one of the first companies to commercialize a myopia drug in the PRC market. Now, Lisa, I need to know, what about the global markets? Are you working towards that? Can you provi- provide us any time frame? Sure, happy to. So, like I said, the U.S. is probably going to be the first market where this drug receives approval. Assuming Viluma does submit the NDA with the FDA in the first quarter of next year, I think there's a pretty good chance that they can receive the FDA approval before the end of next year. Now, once they receive the U.S. FDA approval, um, the regulatory approval in many of the other markets in the world will become relatively straightforward. That includes the some of the key Southeast Asian markets like Singapore. And uh, Jauka is a licensee for this asset, not only for China, but also for South Korea and the key Southeast Asian markets. So we're certainly looking forward to uh, getting this drug approved and launching in Singapore as well. Well, certainly very exciting times as well. And to have the myopia drug here in Singapore, I think that's something that a lot of parents can look forward to as well. Now, Lisa, I actually want to talk to you about the challenges when it comes to commercializing a new drug. And why not share with us what is Chauka's drug commercialization model and how it seeks to maximize its return on bringing a new drug to the market? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Well, I guess in a way we're lucky because we're a new company. So mm. we don't have the legacy sales team or sales model to worry about. And and the truth is the Chinese market, and I think world over, the dynamic is changing so quickly that we're very much focused on delivering an innovative commercialization model. And in my mind, in our mind, that is omni-channel using both physical and digital channels as well as to be to see. And that's a lingo that I borrow from the consumer world, but by that I meant we will continue to build and strengthen relationships with hospitals and physicians, but at the same time, in a legally compliant way, we want to get our brand awareness and you know get that direct connectivity with consumers and patients as well. Well, we certainly wish you all the best in that adventure. Now, we want to talk about the outlook of Chowka Ophthalmology. Lisa, can you share with us your outlook for Chowka Ophthalmology? What's next in the drug pipeline? Because we know there's plenty of exciting things happening now, but we want to know a bit further down the road. Understand. Well, first of all, I guess we're lucky. We did our IPO in 2021, so we're very well capitalized at the moment with close to 2 billion RMB still on our balance sheet at the end of June. So we are in a a lucky position to be able to focus on business growth. And to that end, we're very, very excited about the business prospect. Uh, We see significant growth in the next few years in terms of asset pipeline. But in addition, we are going to go through the transition from a pre-revenue R&D company 
to a real commercial enterprise. Now, on the question you asked about the asset pipeline, so just a comparison, right? At the end of this year, we will have two innovative assets in the NDA review stage with the Chinese regulators, two generics in ANDA, and then two assets in clinical phase three and one asset in clinical phase two. Fast forward three years to the end of 2025, our goal is to have three innovative assets and six to seven generic assets approved in China already, including the big drugs that we talked about a little bit earlier for myopia, for dry. And then we will have several others in the NDA review or clinical phase three stage. So a big transition from today to three years down the road. And with that, we hope to demonstrate a clear leadership in both the front and the back of the eye. Mm. Now, finally, bringing it closer back to home, in 2023 then, the biggest focus for us are on the two innovative assets. One is to get the NDA review hopefully completed for our dry asset, Cyclosporin A, mm. and then uh, to submit the NDA, uh, the sorry, the NDA submission for our myopia product, MDK002. Wow, fabulous. Thank you so much for that great analysis of your outlook for Chalka ophthalmology. Now, Lisa, before I let you go, you know, we have to talk about the money behind it. After all, our show on Money and Me, we're all about, you know, helping investors make the best financial decisions for themselves. Same so, here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So convince us then, that why do you think investors should start looking into this space and what do they stand to gain in the near future? Yeah. So I, I think so far we've spoken about the fundamentals of the sector, if you will, right? As well mm. as a little bit about Jiaoke, the fact that there's huge growth ahead, generally expected about the sector and certainly our own desire and ambition to become a leader in the space. Mm. So that is the, the, the growth. But at the same time, as investor, of course, you look at an attractive entry point, right? And I would say that today is, is very, uh, very much an attractive entry point into ophthalmology. I mean, we have all looked at the, the re-rating down of a lot of the growth stocks, healthcare included, including ophthalmology in the last year and a half in Hong Kong and I guess globally. But certainly, you know, the ophthalmology stocks now are at a very attractive valuation. In mm. fact, Jalco has been trading at around cash level for the last several months. So certainly for anybody who has a long-term confidence in this being an important field and us being a leader, I think uh, there's no better time than to start looking today. Mm. Well, you hear it here first on Money FM 89.3. Certainly very exciting times and quite frankly, a very enlightening conversation. Thank you so much, Lisa, for spending your morning with us. Thank you for having me again and happy holidays ahead. Happy holidays to you as well. We've been speaking to Lisa Feng, CFO of Chowker Ophthalmology, about what her company is doing to address the growing concern in the eye health industry and the growth opportunity it presents for investors looking to tap into this space. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.